this is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. I think one of the biggest things as Christians that we need to understand is our sonship and um, just who we are in Christ. It's kind of the biggest thing as Christians that um, we still struggle with. It's easy to, uh, you know, know that you need a Savior, um, you know, say the sinner's prayer in Christian words and and then still struggle your whole life without realizing your sonship and what that actually means. Um, if you look in uh, John one twelve, it says, But as many as re- have received him, um, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And we see that there is a process there of when you've accepted Jesus Christ, um, you have the right to become a son. Um, it's not just given freely, this sonship. We, we don't really realize it, um, but we have to believe the word and what it says. Um, we have to take the word for what it says and then apply it to our life. Um, all of a sudden, the word doesn't just start working for us, but we have to put our faith in the word and then the word starts to work. Um, so you see in John one twelve that it's more about um, you've been given the right to become sons of God. What does that mean? That means that you believe and you receive everything that Jesus paid for, that it's it's there for you, it's there for the taking. Um, I remember a story of uh, somebody once told me of uh, somebody that had you know, uh, saved up to come to America on the long voyage month trip coming over on a a large ship and they saved and saved, scraped together everything. They had enough, purchased a ticket. And then when they were coming across, um, they would go by and and see everybody eating uh, the buffet, seeing everybody eating and he just had enough for the ticket. So would always be eating his crackers or just enough to get by and when they got closer towards their destination, the captain came up and, and said, why is it that uh, you never eat with us or dine with us? Wasn't it good enough? And he said, I just had enough for uh, the ticket to come across. I didn't, couldn't afford the meal as well. And um, the captain said, well, with that uh, purchase of the ticket, it was all inclusive. Everything was included in the price that was paid. And that, that's really with what Jesus is. People think that they have to earn um, healing or earn um, favor in God's sight. They earn have to earn things when really it's all uh, a paid-for um, ticket. Everything that was paid for that Jesus paid for is now yours as a child of God and, and as a sonship. And so we we need to realize that it's there for the taking, but it's not going to be handed for us because how does everything in the Bible work? It works with your faith. So what you believe in is what you're going to receive. And it says that these signs follow those who believe. And there's so many people out there that um, want to see something so they can believe it instead of believing it so they receive it same thing as salvation you can't see salvation you have to believe in salvation before it manifests in your life into forgiveness same thing with healing you want to see a healing or a miracle so then you can believe in healing and miracles when it says that these signs will follow those who believe um even jesus was tempted with um sonship 
and who he was. Um, you remember in Matthew three seventeen, the very end, Jesus was getting baptized and the sky opens up and a loud voice comes from heaven and says in a loud voice, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So the sky opens up and you see that God really says, this is my son and I'm well pleased in him. He puts his stamp of approval on him, right? Calls him a son. Well, the very next verse in Matthew 4, 1 through 3, um, Jesus is led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he's up there, and he's gone 40 days and 40 nights. He's at his very weakest at his hunger. The devil comes to him to tempt him. And the temptation is the first thing he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. So what he's saying is, if you really are the son of God, well, just the verse earlier, the sky opens up and a voice speaks from heaven declaring that he, Jesus is the son of God. You know, and then after you're at your weakest, you go from one spot, uh, spot here in the word from Jesus realizing his sonship, the sky opening up and God declaring it to then a couple chapters, one chapter later, um, being at your very hungriest, your weakest, you haven't eaten for 40 days, 40 nights, you're out there in the desert and uh, you can actually go 40 days, most experts say, um, before you actually start to deteriorate and your body starts to eat itself. So Jesus went all the way here into his weakest moment where he's so hungry that his body is now eating itself. And the first thing that is said is, if you are the son of God. You know, Jesus' biggest temptation here is to prove himself, right? And say, well, I am the son of God. Well, let me do. And he, he fights um, the devil by saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. But, you know, he had the opportunity to forget his sonship and who he was right then and there. You look at uh, verses like First uh, John four seventeen, and it says, in this, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world you know that's sonship right there it's talking about our your sonship who you are it's talking about as he is so are we where not one day not someday when we die and we get to heaven but so are we on this earth in this world right now you are like him why because you are made in the image of Christ. That is not um, your flesh. That is not uh, your skin, your eye color. That is not what they're talking about when it says, let us make man in our own image. He's talking about sonship. He's talking about your spirit is right with God, that as he is, so are you in this world. Now you might be uh, facing sickness or disease or something like that. That's not what it's talking about because that's not what God's experiencing. He's talking about your spirit is righteous and holy and as good as it's ever going to be. Why? Because it's that God part. Um, and so you see that this is what the sonship that it's talking about. If you look at uh, John 16, 
13 through 15, it says, However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will teach you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. This is so important. This is the biggest thing in Christianity. If we can wrap our minds around this statement right here, that he's going to take, it says, all things that the Father has. This is what Jesus is telling he, all of us. He's saying, everything that the Father has, he's given to me. He's held back nothing from me. He's not going to withhold anything from me. He's given me all things. So he's given it to me. But now he's saying that the Holy Spirit's going to take of what is mine. What's what is his? Everything that's the Father's. Everything. All things. Nothing held back. He's going to take of what is mine and declare it to you. Declare it to Christians. He's going to take. It's the vine and the branch story that uh, we are the branches. He's the vine. And, and it goes through all this. And we see that that we are all connected, that God is the root. And the only thing that connects the branch with the root is the vine. That's Jesus Christ. The only reason that we have nourishment is because we're connected to the right source. The only reason that we have blessing is because we're connected to the right source. The only reason that we can believe for healing is because we're connected to the right source. You know, there's a lot of people that are trying to get the fruit from the vine without being connected to the right source. If you're not connected to the right root, the fruit is only going to be as good as the root is. And so I'm telling you, this is that we are all one. Um, it says that Jesus was the first among many brethren, that he's not just there to uh, show off, but he was there to show us what was possible. He's there to show us what we can do as Christians when we put our faith in him. You know, I, I've always loved uh, the prodigal son story, and I always, you know, had a hard time preaching it because I believe it's been taught so much, but it's such a great story. And But I've heard it taught so much that it's time to come home. And, and that is true. But when we read the title of the prodigal son, we put in the titles as Christians to find out where the story is so we could go find it. When the letters were written, it wasn't written like that with titles in there from different stories. And so when we go put a title in there, we're immediately conditioned to look at something a certain way. And so we hear prodigal son, our mind immediately goes and looks at the prodigal son when really this story should have been um written all on sonship um because it's this whole parable is sonship now it is definitely about returning home the two parables before this is the lost coin and um you know finding that and the, the lost sheep and so the prodigal son goes right in line with once was lost now is found um, and returning home to the Father. But there's so much more in this story. And I don't think that Jesus is telling stories or giving um, examples without there being meaning to it. Um, so I think if there's any kind of details in there, I think it's important. I, I started reading this story and 
in my little mind, you know, re hearing this story growing up was there's two sons, there's a good son and a bad son, and the bad son took half of what the father had and then went and squandered it and came back, fell on his face and was sorry. And so the father loved him, but his father only had half of what he had before. And I started to read this story, and that's not what this story says at all. Um, it really says that um, a certain man had two sons. Um, he had two sons, and the son came to him and said, Give to me the portion of goods that belongs to me. So the son wasn't asking anything that wasn't his already. He knew that it was his inheritance. And it says that the father divided up um, what he had equally. So both sons at that moment were given the same amount. It wasn't that one son got everything and went and squandered it, whatever. Both sons were, were given equal portion of the inheritance at the time. And you see he goes out and lives on uh, wild women and all this stuff and living like the world and comes back and and it says that he put a robe on him, he put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, like he killed the fatted calf. And I started to read this story. You can read it in Luke 15 and 11. It starts there. But reading through this story, I started to realize that this was about sonship. It was about more than just a son coming home. It was about a son that took half of what his father had and forgot his sonship. So he went out there trying to fulfill and have his importance by um, the world's standards. So he didn't feel the value of his sonship. So he tried to get the, the world's approval by squandering it on anything that he could. You know, how often do we uh, buy things to make ourselves look good or feel good for the moment when really we've been given all things? Um, we try to squander it on living like the world and showing the world what we really have and this makes me feel good and this is my status quo this new car this new house this new job you know this new girlfriend boyfriend whatever it is that makes us feel like we're something or somebody it's it's really just uh we've forgotten our sonship right we've forgotten that all things that the father has he gave to jesus and the holy spirit took from what jesus had and gave us all things. And so you see here in this story, when the, the prodigal son comes home, that it was a realization of his sonship again. That he said, even my father's servants have more than I have. I'm out here starving to death. I want to eat this pig food. It, I should go back and just ask to be a servant again. And when he comes home, the second son is bitter. He's angry. He says, what's the partying going on? What's what's going on that um has happened and the servant says you see the the second son out in the field working um just like a hired hand he has also forgotten his sonship the second son did not realize his sonship and who his father was you see his father had given him everything at the same time but we see the picture of him working in the field like a hired hand and not willing to go in. His complaint is with the father when he comes out into the field. His complaint is, I've been here the whole time with you, serving you, and you've killed a fatted calf for him, but you wouldn't even give me a goat. 
for me to celebrate with my friends. And what does the father say? He says that you've been with me here the whole time and everything that I have is yours. Why? Because he gave it. He divided it up earlier in the story. And you see here the son, the second son, also forgetting his sonship and out there in the field complaining about a goat. Now the Lord spoke to me through this and I started to realize the importance of this story because he was complaining because he didn't even have a goat when whose was the fatted calf? Who owned the fatted calf? When this father said that everything that I own is yours, it means that the fatted calf was the second son's calf the whole time, but he never used it. You know, the robe that was put on him, the ring on his finger, the sandals on his feet, all of this stuff was probably the second son's property because it was divided up equally in the beginning of the story. And so you see him not using his sonship here, using what God had given him. It's that all-inclusive, all paid for, all in one, and yet he's out there working in the hot, in the hot sun with the servants complaining about not having a goat when everything that the father had given him was already his. He could have killed the fatted calf at any time and had a party with his own um, he could have taken his money and went and had wild living. He could have um, had the servants go out in the field while he worked on, you know, stuff at the house. Whatever it is, like everything that the father had was now his. And yet we see a picture of him complaining about the goat. And I think in this story, we can find ourselves relating with one or the other son, where it's either time to come home to the father because we've forgotten our sonship, we've forgotten how much God loves us, we've forgotten that he's given us all things, and yet we're out there living in the world trying to satisfy that need and find our self-worth in many other things because we've forgotten our sonship and that it was a free gift, and or we've been there the whole time serving God, trying to gain his respect, still trying to do the law, trying to uh, please God so that we can, by some means, get something, when really he's given us all things. Everything that the Father had was Jesus's, and it says that he gave us all things. So either one in this parable of the prodigal son, we can relate with one of the sons here, but forgetting your sonship is the same temptation that Jesus had when the skies opened up and said, this is my son. And yet the devil tempts him with says, if you are the son of God, the devil's still going to come to you today and say, if you really are a son, then why are you struggling with this? If you really are a son, then why are you dealing with this? If you really were, then you wouldn't have to struggle with this when really everything is yours. We're not waiting for God to give. Now we're believing in what he's already given, if that makes sense. It goes from us begging and pleading and trying to get something that God has already freely given to saying, thank you, God, and I believe in it. Because even the apostle Paul said that, you know, the word was preached to them as, as well as to them, but to those people, it was no good. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with their faith. There's a lot of people that read the same word and there's a lot of people that will, you see, get their breakthrough. And it's what do they attach their faith to? What are you willing to believe God for? Are you willing to take the word for what it says and believe again? 
or you really just, you want to see it first to believe it. And if you're in that spot where you just want to see it first to believe it, you're going to find yourself on a treadmill, on a hamster wheel, never getting anywhere because Jesus already paid it all. God's already given you all things. You don't have to walk around like a beggar anymore. Realize your sonship and who you are in Christ and all this other stuff will take care of itself. It's time to believe again. It's time to trust again. And it's time to read the word again and believe it for what it says. So do not forget your sonship. If you need to come home to the Father, it's time to come home. Or maybe you've just been playing church the whole time, but you forgot your sonship. It's time to remember who you are in Christ. God bless and have a wonderful day. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.